Welcome to the Good Good Experience Podcast. Where related minds talk about related topics. And we all just happen to be related. Buckle up, this is going to be a good one. We've got that good good experience podcast. Hello, brethren. Another, mm. another episode of the We Got the Good Good Experience podcast where related minds talk about related topics. I am your host, Marcus Moses, and I cannot do this without my cousin co host, Kimberly. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for that. What's that? Marcus, darling, you're killing me over here. <laughs> How's good, good family doing today? We're doing just fine. We're doing just fine now, and I can't do this without my cousin co-host, Byron B. North Brown. What it is, man? I said, hey, man, you got to get away, man. Marcus, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> stupid. Phone <laughs> the river. Let's get this started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get this bumper club party started right now, bro. Bumper club. I'm not even gonna embarrass myself even trying. <laughs> hey guys, hey guys, hey, you hear the music, hey, you hear the accents, you hear everything. Hey guys, we are paying homage. July 1st was International Reggae Day. And last year we missed it, and we technically missed it again this year, but however, what we said we would do, we would double back and make sure we pay homage to our great people over in Jamaica and the Virgin and our West Indies. Reggae is definitely a genre of music that we have to pay homage to. It is part of our culture. Whether you want to believe it or not, there's a lot of great music that came from the reggae genre of music. And today, we're definitely going to pay tribute to some of those artists, to say the least. But however, before we get started, you know that we've got the good good experience it's all about the music and when we lose legends when we lose artists we have to make sure that we recognize them and unfortunately we lost another legend another icon in the music game Sinead O'Connor died early this week at the age of 56 this hasn't been reported her cause of death but however for those who followed her career over the past several many, many years and decades, we know that she was a heavy hitter as far as standing up for different causes, to say the least. People labeled her as a protest singer, 
But however, her music cannot be nothing can compare to it. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> and she really, really made her mark here in the world as far as music is concerned. And she is definitely going to be missed. Uh, Byron, uh, some of your fondest memories of Sinead O'Connor. Well, early on, before Nothing Can Paris, you was a hit. She impressed me by being the, the alternative type of artist that she is. She had a song called I Want Your Hands On Me. And she featured MC Light on it. Oh, and it man. was it was it was kind of bizarre for that type of artist then. I mean, this is like what 88, 89 time frame to feature MC Light on it. So if you if you're not familiar with the song, check it out. There's a video for it and everything. MC Light's in the video. So that was cutting edge to me at that time. Because I was oh wow, MC Light's linked up with this this woman or whatever and they used to show the, the video used to be on heavy rotation on night tracks because i mean that was our access at that time because we didn't have cable but tbs was a regular channel in atlanta so night tracks was their video equivalent to mtv that would take over on the weekend so that's how i would see it i'm like oh wow this is the jam and i became a fan of hers because i like the song anyway but the fact that she incorporated mc light i was like, oh i need to keep my eyes on her and she continued to grow from that point Absolutely. Thank you for that. Uh, Kim, your fondest memories of Sinead O'Connor. So everyone knows that I love Mason Prince. And he is very selective on who he gives his music to. And I think at the time, people didn't realize that Nothing Compares to You was actually his song that he gave to her. But what she did to that song, it really resonated with everybody and when he came back out and redid it in his own way it just totally just leveled it but also as far as Sinead O'Connor I appreciate her not being held back or trying to not discuss the issues and what's wrong is wrong and she, even though to her detriment, she made sure that she, yeah, <laughs> she made sure that she let it be known that she wasn't going to just sit by and let atrocities and things like that happen in the world without letting it be known. So all props to Sinead O'Connor. May she sleep in peace. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming when you think about detriments, I think I'm assuming you're talking about the Saturday Night Live episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got who was the picture? Was it George Bush? No, no the, Pope. the Pope. The Pope. The Pope. Okay, excuse me. Uh, I don't know what I'm, what's going on with me this morning. Too much coffee. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> she took the picture of the Pope and she ripped it up at the end of her song on Saturday Night Live, and it was just from that point on, you know, many viewed her as I guess some type of vigilante or protester. You know, but what's but, funny is now that we know that there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. You know, now she called out a few people over the years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she really did. So, nevertheless, you know, her music is solidified in culture, pop culture, to say the least, and she will definitely be missed, to say the least. So, again, Sinead O'Connor dead at the age of fifty-six, and may she continue to rest in peace. Nothing
So guys, without further ado, now it's time for our Good Good segment. This week, we have a very special guest for our Good Good segment. She's a resident of Bainbridge, Georgia. For those who live in the Bainbridge area, you know you can catch us at 1 p.m. on Saturdays on WKOD LPF 92.7. She has written a book called Her Crown of Glory, and the proceeds to this book will be going to a very, very, very special project, a safe house in Bainbridge, Georgia. And we got a chance to talk about it with her. Her name is Miss Jami Taylor. Again, she'll be talking about her book and the purpose of her book. Here's my exclusive interview with Miss Jami Taylor right here on The Good Good. Hello, guys, and welcome to our Good Good segment of the We've Got the Good Good Experience podcast. I have a very special guest. She is a native of Bainbridge, Georgia, and she has a book coming out that's going to a great cause that we're getting ready to talk about. And she is just a wonderful person. And like I said, she's from Bainbridge, Georgia. And for those in Bainbridge, you know that you can listen to us on WKOD 92.7 at 1 p.m. on Saturdays. Please help us welcome Miss Jami Taylor. Hey there, Miss Jami. How you doing? Fine. I'm doing good. How are you? We are doing fine over here at The Good Good. Just do us a favor. Let's get started and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. First, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me to come on. This is a big thing for me. So I just want to say thank you so much. Let me start with my name is Jami. I am 40 years old. I am the wife of Willie Elijah Taylor II. I have two kids, Elijah we call him Elijah and Haley. Elijah is seven and Haley is 10. I am currently a nurse. I work as a medical assistant at Miller County Medical Center. I love to care for people. I love to have fun. As of right now, I am growing and I'm different. I'm going to say that I am what you call a mystery right now because I'm trying so many different things. But I am enjoying myself. Very courageous woman that loves people, all about empowering people, helping people. And that's about it. That's all I have right now at the moment. Right. You mentioned you're trying uh, different things. And one of those things is becoming an author, a published author. So, Jami, what inspired you to write a book? The reason why I wrote this book goes back to, I want to say about seven years ago. I was going through a lot. And so I used to write quotes and poetry to encourage myself. And so at the time, I had just connected with Shalonda Lamb because I was told that I had a calling on my life to do something great. And so at that time, I didn't know what to do. And so I just thought, okay, well, I'll just write. I have a lot of writings. And so I came up with the name Her Crown of Glory and I started a Facebook page and I would just post my quotes. And for like a couple of years, I would just continuously post my quotes of encouragement. And she was like, you know, your quotes seem to be real good. You should maybe put them in a book. And um, I was like, you think so? And she was like, yeah. So I decided to use all those quotes and poetry that I wrote to myself for encouragement and put it inside of a book. Okay. Now, tell us tell us the name of the book. The name of the book is Her Crown of Glory. 
which stems from my nonprofit organization, which is my LLC nonprofit organization to empower women. Okay. Now, these uh, quotes, you say you wrote them yourself for encouragement. What do you hope somebody that's reading the book will get out of it? Well, I hope that they get encouraged. I hope that it be a place of healing for them like there were for me. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, tell us a little bit more, if you would, uh, Ms. Jami, about your organization. Well, Her Crown of Glory is just in the beginning stages. Mm-hmm. It's just in the beginning stages. However, I've had it, this nonprofit organization. It's been going on about two and a half years. At the, at, at the time, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So I just started out with just doing various conferences just to empower women because I really love women empowerment. I feel like women, we should come together more to empower each other because we all grow from each other. We heal from each other. We heal from our stories. We inspire each other. So at the time, I wasn't quite sure, like I said, And so with me growing from there to now, I was like, Lord, what could I do to give back to my community and give back to women that would be inspiring, that could empower and heal, be a place of healing for our community? So I thought of a safe house. And so I'm trying to transition to funding a safe house for women. Absolutely. And that was the part that was so attractive to me when I saw it on Facebook, you know, when you had the flyer for the book. And that's why I wanted to bring you on so you can talk about that, because that's something that a lot of communities don't have. Now, the safe house, is it something that you want to do because of a personal experience that you may have had, or you just feel like it was just a need for it? Well, I want to be honest. It's both. <laughs> As I said before, life growing up in Bainbridge was a journey, you know, and I'm, I want to be just, I've pretty much, I've had kind of like a rough, a rough past. And so with me in my healing journey, I've, I've gotten this far. God was able to allow me to look back and see from me just growing up as a child, for me trying to, I guess, become the woman that God wanted me to be, for me messing up, for me getting broken in areas that I didn't want to be broken in, but however was needed, I felt like a safe house would be needed so that I can also continue my journey healing because I'm still healing from a lot of different things. Not only that, I can share what God has done for me to other women in a positive way. I don't want to hurt anybody. You know, I love, I love everybody. I love all God's children. We all brothers and sisters in Christ. However, I experienced a lot of things in my past that pushed me into a place where I felt like, 
you know, it may be someone that need a safe place to heal. It may be a, a woman that is in a place where she just needs guidance, needs information, information, um, empowerment, healing, like I said. And I know how it feels not to have a safe place. I've been there before many times. And I would love to be that place of healing, that place where a woman can be nurtured, that place where a woman can be healed if she, you know, if she's needed, that place where she can have a new start because I've been there before in many situations, not just, you know, you know, I could point out one, but I have been in a lot of situations where I didn't feel safe or I would say or felt the love that I need to continue on. And so now that God has shown me his love, now that God has restored me and I can see and I'm not so angry about the things that I that I've been through, I can use what God has shown me in the places where he has healed me and give what he's given me into another woman or a girl. Uh, I have a daughter as well. And I, you know, I hope to, to establish this so that she can also be aware of the things that is needed for her to grow and strive beautifully as she continued to become a, a, a woman, you know, on her journey, becoming a woman. Right now she's a child, but I pray that, you know, this organization will also, you know, aid in her growing and becoming as she continue to grow into a, a woman, adult. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Jami, Again, we want to thank you so much for being on the Good Good Experience. Do us a favor before we get out of here. Tell everybody the name of the book and how they can purchase it. And when will it be available? Okay. The name of the book is Her Crown of Glory, book of quotes and poems. And it will be available to purchase on Amazon. You can get the paperback or the digital. I'm also going to have copies as well so that I can give out into my community. I hope to also have somewhere to post where I can just sit and, you know, sign so that, you know, so I can give out the books and, and sign my signature inside the book. Um, I also want to just give some details of the book. The book, the book if anybody has been on social media, I posted several of the quotes in pictures on social media so you will see some of the you might remember some of the quotes that I've that I've posted on social media they're all in the book there also are pictures in the book there are pictures of me along with the quotes I thought that it would it would be great idea to put pictures because a lot of people especially us we don't like to read so it'll kind of just give you I guess, make you more intrigued to want to just flip from page to page. Please flip from page to page and read because not only is this book going to be inspiring for women, it's going to be inspiring for men as well. So please pick up a book. All the proceeds is going to go to 
her crown of glory to fund a nonprofit organization. As well as the safe house, correct? Right, for the safe house. Right. That's where all the proceeds will go to her crown of glory organization to fund a safe house for women. Absolutely. Jami Taylor, our guest this week on the We've Got the Good Good Experience. We want to thank you so much for being with us this week. Do us one more favor before you get out of here. How can people follow you? Oh, you well, I have a I have a Facebook. My name is Jami. It's spelled J-U-A-M-I Taylor T-A-Y-L-O-R. I have a social media page on Facebook, Instagram. I gotta reset up my Her Crown of Glory page so everybody can see it. But I do have a social media on Facebook and Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you spelled job me because you know I ain't gonna lie to you, I butchered your name when I first thought I was calling you Joanne. I was <laughs> You wrong for that. That's I okay. I have I just I pronounced have heard how it. <laughs> I have heard that for so many years too. I'm used to it now. <laughs> yes, but nevertheless, her name is Jamie Taylor, J-U-A-M-I. Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. Go follow her on Facebook. Uh, and also go pick up the book on everywhere you can purchase your books, uh, Amazon and all those different outlets. Go purchase the book. You won't be disappointed. I'm going to get mine. Again, thank you so much for being on The Good Good. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. We want to thank Jamie Taylor for that wonderful interview. Again, go to anywhere that you buy your books and purchase the book. It's called Her Crown of Glory. Again, the proceeds will be going to start a safe house in the wonderful city of Bainbridge. Again, guys, you guys ready to get it started? Hey, Mon. Hey, Mon. Huh? Hey, Mon, yes. I got my oxtails. You know what I'm saying? I got my Jamaican beef patties ready. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to do this thing, man. Rum punch. <laughs> <laughs> rum cake that's rum cake, yeah. rum cake. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys we're celebrating the reggae music dance hall reggae tone we're doing it all today it's all dedicated to the genre of reggae Don't and i can't think it. of anything to do but to get it started kim where are we starting first we cannot start this without at least commemorating our king of reggae Mr. Bob Marley and the Whalers, No Woman, No Cry. Booyaka, booyaka, booyaka. Said, said I remember when we used to sit in the government yard in Trenchtown. Oba, oba, serving the hypocrites as they would. Okay, so guys, hey guys, 
that well, there was no way we were going to do this episode without Bob Marley. Bob Marley is considered the king of reggae. The name just stands alone. That song, that particular song, one of the many, many songs that he contributed to the reggae uh, genre is called No Woman, No Cry. Probably one of his most successful records with him and the Wailers. It was released in 1974 on the studio album Natty Dread, No Woman, No Cry. The live version ranked number 37 on the Rolling Stones, 500 greatest songs of all times. It peaked at number 22 on the UK singles chart in 1975. It peaked again at number eight at the same UK singles chart in 1981. The Fugees put out their own version of it on their album in 1996. They didn't have as much success, but however, and that was on the Score album, one of the most greatest, one of the most successful hip hop albums of all time. And again, Bob Marley, I think his mother just celebrated a birthday yes. this past week, Miss Odella Marley. Guys, Bob Marley, man. I mean, when you think about reggae music, you got to think about Bob Marley. I mean, to say the least. What do you guys think? Yeah, you can't even think about reggae without bringing Bob Marley into the discussion. I mean, he's to me the the gatekeeper, the the godfather, whatever you want to give him title. But reggae is not reggae without a Bob Marley presence. And it, one one thing that's a testament to reggae music, especially this recording which was done in 1975 the song was originally recorded in 1974 is how timeless it sounds mm-hmm. it, it can easily transcend it has i mean it's here we are in in the 2020s and it still sounds fresh to me yeah. it could fit in anywhere in a playlist so yeah bob marley's the king and what I am so looking forward to is the Bob Marley movie, which will be out, I believe, by the end of this year. And they're going to really go into his story. And I'm just really fascinated and looking forward to that. You just play. I used to have the Legends, Bob Marley Legends, Greatest Hits. And you just play that whole thing. And it was just a vibe. You don't even mm-hmm. need the medicinal weeds and stuff mm-hmm. to, to really get into it. It helps. But <laughs> but but you don't even need it to get into that whole vibe. It just takes you to an, a better place, man. Yeah, you never feel bad or down when you're listening to reggae music or dance hall. Well, dance hall music. Makes it you makes you dance. More aggressive. Makes you aggressive and makes you dance. But just, you know, vibe, uh, reggae and that whole dance hall vibe really is always a party uplifting vibe. And you never feel negative about it. You always feel uplifted and ready right. to party. Right, right. I wonder right. what was different when Bob Marley came out. Because there were, of course, reggae songs mm-hmm. prior to him. I'm thinking what was different about Bob Marley? His movement. Mm. He ushered in that the whole Rastafarian movement because he was in tune to that culture, which actually comes from Ethiopia, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he got a lot of attention just from the rooted focus that he had with his music and his attachment to that. Yeah, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, I forget the guy's name. It seemed like his name was Rastafari or something. Somebody, the guy you talking about from Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Who they actually thought was uh, the second coming of Christ, or mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, yeah. we saw the documentary. I saw see the the young man and everything, and how you know people just took to him and they thought he was the second coming of Christ. 
But anyway, he, he ushered in a whole nother movement, a Rastafari movement. You know, for those that who studied the movement, Rastafari is basically, you know, Ale Selassie. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Byron. The Rastafari movement, you know, people associate with smoking weed, but it's it's bigger than that. It's it's much basically bigger than that. You know, your connection with God and, and trying to get, you know, be in one with God, and, you know, which is something that we should be striving for every day, you know. Right. I mean, exactly. So so again, you know, big shout out to Bob Marley, a staple, a stone in not just reggae music, but pop culture itself. So, yeah. What's next, Kim? Next up, Wayne Wonder, No Letting Go. Yeah. Got somebody, she's a beauty, very special, really and truly. Take good care of me, like it's her duty. Won't you ride by my side? <laughs> yes indeed yes indeed yes indeed no letting go is that banger from jamaican reggae fusion artist wayne wonder the song was written by wonder and stephen linky marston and produced by marston and it's included on wonder's 2003 studio album no holding back and was released as the lead single from that album the single was released worldwide in January of 2003 and charted at a peak position of number three in the UK singles chart. It also peaked at number 11 in the Billboard Hot 100 here in the United States. And of course, I cannot mention this song without talking about that hand clap rhythm, the infectious groove, which was, became very popular. It's called a Diwali rhythm, which was also produced by Marston. What do you all have to say about this? I remember this song debuting on 106 in Park. Uh, that's that's where I first heard this song from, and at first, and, and what I wouldn't give to have an interview with AJ and Free right now. I know, <laughs> but I anyway, missed I missed them so much. But anyway, I remember this song debuting on 106 and Park. There was a lot of push behind this song, and uh, at first I couldn't get with it, but it was that infectious hand clap rhythm that you mentioned, mm-hmm. Byron. That really could cont- the more you hear it, the more infectious it makes you become. And Wayne Wonder and his vocals and, and things like that, you know, he just bodied this song. It was made for him as that same clap. I can't remember who the artist is, but you, I know you know what I'm talking about that. Uh-oh. I was thinking that yeah. just Uh-oh. now. You know. <laughs> Have a scene. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, this song was a great, great, great staple in the reggae culture, to say the least. Um, Wayne Wonder, I mean, he had been already doing his thing when this song came out for like 10 plus years, to say the least. But I think this was his big break. And this was an excellent, excellent choice. Very good choice, Byron. I'm trying to remember 2003. Where were you? Where were you 2003? You're asking? Yes. 
Oh, I was fresh just to impress here in Washington, D.C. That was the second year of me being here in the area. And yeah, that was when I was getting into the whole dance scene here. And I was training, doing a lot of training. So I was exposed to all these different types of dance grooves. And of course, I was still in my house music. But yeah, I was right here in D.C. Yeah, I think I had just moved to Atlanta just the year before and started working at Turner. Shout out to the Turner crew. And yeah, this takes me so far back to thinking about some of the parties and getting off of work six o'clock in the morning and not going home to sitting in the parking lot drinking with my coworker (laughs) 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 with a song playing. (laughs) What about you, Marcus? I was in a small town, Dublin, Georgia. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Love can make you do some crazy stuff, but however, who are you telling? Who are you telling? <laughs> but however, I, I grew up. It was during the age of, like I said, one hundred six Park, which was our new age version of Video Soul. Mm-hmm. Miss that show with Free uh, and AJ. That version I miss. I don't miss. Yeah, that you know, Video Soul is back, right? It, it is back. It is back. It's on BT Plus. My point exactly, Byron. I see you. <laughs> you know nothing. Nothing is the same, but however, you know, Donnie Simpson, he's holding it in the road to say the least. He's doing the best he can with it. But it's just if you like us, we we know video sold the way it used to be. And that since there's been such a big space between then and now, we'll never look at it the same. We appreciate it. We're glad it's back. You know, we're happy, you know, that it's made its return. But uh, <laughs> what is it? I haven't seen it yet, but is it not as intimate as it doesn't have an intimate the feeling video- anymore? The video pre- the videos aren't prevalent. Oh, yeah, the content. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, that makes it. Are they playing the videos or he doesn't? What's going from on? From the first 15 minutes that I've watched an episode, I think the episode I saw was with uh, Q from uh, 112. I haven't seen the video yet, other than just like clips from old 112 videos. They don't take a pause or pause that play like relevant music that's going on now. And truth be told, mm-hmm. let's just tell the truth about it. the music that's going on now is not really. It's not anyway. being so. <laughs> exactly. Say the least. It doesn't you have know. that soul. It doesn't it's, have that it's soul. lacking soul. Mm-hmm. It, it does not. Soul. So it doesn't qualify. A lot of it doesn't qualify to be on the show. Mm. Mm. Maybe uncut, mm. but mm. Mm. exactly. But anyway, big shout out to Donnie Simpson. You know, I, I watched it because of the simple fact that you know we got a compliment early in our takeoff of this podcast by the great Gerald Dawson, mm-hmm. who we had an outstanding interview with, and uh, he compared his interview with us to the likes of Donnie Simpson. Yes, he and did. So I, I felt a, I felt the need to, to at least, you know, support Donnie and his new venture and bring a video soul back to BT plus, but you know, it's, it's just not the same. I'm so sorry. this is where I think people are getting things all twisted and mixed up. And then we'll get back to the music, but when it comes to soul music, there is a lot of great soul music out there mm-hmm. and soul train keeps messing it up. A lot of other award show categories, they keep messing it up. They need to stick to the formula and Mm. focus on what true soul music is. So like you listen to Heart and Soul. If they would focus on artists that are featured like on Art and Soul and not try to like pull in all of the urban stuff. I mean, it's one thing if the urban artist lends themselves to the sound or whatever and cutting edge with it. But they need to stick to what soul music is. Mm -hmm. Urban mm-hmm. and hip hop has their category, but soul is a it's not 
it's not that complicated. Just keep it there. And I think artists, the true artists, will get their shine and get the attention that they deserve. And more important, I'm saying, go ahead, Cam. To what you're saying, Byron, that's what I was thinking to myself as far as the new video soul. Stick to the original formula. Play the gosh dang videos. <laughs> that soul, the soul videos. I mean, exactly. Rhythmic and soul are not the same. So, you know, rhythmic and urban, that, that's all in the same category as hip hop now. I mean, because pretty much it's the same thing. You know, they're all mumble. So, we need to change that. I think we might have to be instrumental in, in making that happen. Oh, we, are. we are. We are. We are. Making just, a difference. We're making a big difference. And above all, Jacquees is not the king of R&B. Never was. Never was. Never was. He, that's self-proclaimed. I'm tired yeah. of people just proclaiming themselves the king of anything. Before they've even done anything. Exactly. Yeah. The real kings of pop and Prince, Michael Jackson, they didn't claim themselves as it. The world did that because of the work that they did. Do the work. Matter of fact, do me a favor. Name me one Jacquees songs, and I'll call him the king of pop. I don't even know who that boy is. <laughs> he doesn't really register, but I've heard his music and I've seen him perform, but he still doesn't really register with me. I haven't heard anything that has made me want to listen. Right. I mean, I'm just being truthful. It's not, not a generational type of thing. It's more of a taste type of thing. Now, you know, that being said, does he have talent? Yes, he does have talent. I mean, he has a great voice. I just need for him to really use the do voice popular and do the work. Yeah, absolutely. What's next, Kim? Terra Fabulous. Yes. Action, action, action. You think you're so fine. watch the time. Stop playing with my mind. You call me on the phone And now I want you home Yes. So as we're talking about Terra Fabulous, this is a banger, banger, banger. Terra Fabulous, who's also known as Cecil Campbell, he's a Jamaican dance hall DJ. And he had major success in the 1990s. Action, 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 action. That is a super hit from his second album, Yaga Yaga, which was released in 1994, which features the duet with Nadine Sutherland. It was a number 43 hit in the U.S. And it was also included by Vibe at the number 19 in its list of the 50 greatest duets of all time. You know, this is a banger. It was a vibe during that summer. I just remember seeing the video all the time. And every time a dancehall DJ played it, it's still to this day, it's still mixed in. And it makes you want to just shimmy shake in the streets and do whatever. What do you say about it? Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a club banger, to say the least. Uh, you know, I, I, when I saw the list coming out, I like Tara Fabulous action. I'm like, no, I know that song. I, I didn't take the time to bother to listen to it. But now, 
you know, playing here right now uh, amongst us. Yeah, that was a definite, definite, definite banger, man. I mean, definite. Yeah, you're so infectious. And, and that, you know, we talked about that hand clap uh, rhythm in uh, the Wayne Wonder song. That, that boom, ba-doom, doom, 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 You know, uh, in the in the reggae songs, man, that's def- that little hook, whatever you call that right there, was definitely a mainstay in reggae music, especially like the dance hall uh, versions of songs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, I, I definitely, definitely, definitely love this joint. Big shouts to Nadine Sutherland, who also continues to do her thing to this day. And she's keeping it moving herself. She's got a lot. She's accomplished a lot over the years. And she's still in the music and acting and doing all kinds of stuff. So big shouts to her. But to feed off of what Marcus said, a lot of these artists, I didn't know their names. I just know the song as soon as I hear it. And this was one of them. As I was was giving the intro, I was like, who's terrified of this? Until I saw the word action. I was like, oh. (laughs) You know, it's funny because we're dance hall, this genre. You know, the same with house music. A lot of people, they know the grooves, but they just never really knew the artist. So this is for everyone. Please invest some time and find out who does your music and start supporting them because that's part of the culture. That's how that's how we grow. And that's why we do this. So mm-hmm. we can bring these songs back into your ears and let y'all know who this person was. Action was done by Terra Fabulous. Remember that. I'm a remember. <laughs> Try to. <laughs> and also remember and also remember that the we got the good good experience is on Facebook, Instagram. Also, you can uh, check us out on iHeartRadio as well, as well as WKOD LPFM 927 in Bainbridge. We've got it for you guys, man. We are doing our thing. We're enjoying it and we're we're looking to bigger and better things as we continue this momentum here in 2023. And with that being said, what's next, Kim? Next up, Supercat. to edit that to get to the biggie part because <laughs> you, you have to endure bars and bars of huffy at the time i don't know what he was doing or who, what persona he was supposed to be putting on but that was a whole distraction the whole stretch for puppy to wrap yeah. on it but yeah. biggie is that, it was genius did, i'm not just you not, did the not, right thing right there yeah yeah <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, it was it was genius for puffy to put this together so i'm not gonna slight him 
but he didn't need to be rapping on it. I'll just say nah, it. He, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it just would have just left, you know, just took his part out of it. I, I, yeah. I, I respect what he did to his part, but it was Biggie Smalls that turned this song completely upside down. I mean, and, and truth be told, I'm going out, I'm, I'm, I'm letting the cat out the back here. This is my first time hearing Biggie Smalls uh, on this song right here. I don't oh, know really? The first time you ever heard it, or the first time I ever heard Biggie Smalls rap? Oh, okay, this. Gotcha. this song. On this. Oh, right. gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the first time I heard Biggie Smalls rap was on this song right here, and I was just his lyrical delivery was so profound it just tickled my ears. Mm. It really did, and to have the reggae vibe to go along with it, it just was just unbelievable. And this one was considered to be the hip-hop remix of it, featuring Mary J. Blige singing the hooks on this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just worked. Just the, the whole the sampling and what Puffy did to, to pull this groove together, it was perfect. And, it, you know, it's been copied ever since. You know, there's other people that's like sample this groove for their songs. Yeah. But you have to give producers like that props mm-hmm. to know what actually sounds right together. If you listen to Rock the Bells, Salute the Sample, and oh, you God, hear yeah. how they take this most obscure part of a song that you wouldn't even yeah. notice yeah. and chop and yeah. screw that thing mm-hmm. and make it into something like beautiful and you're like yeah. that that's artistry it that's really artistry. is yeah, sure is. Yeah. and that's somebody who i would like to have on our show too dj z trip i love z trip man he he really does the damn thing on the salute the sample man and but just just get back to a couple of tidbits from this particular song this that was dolly my baby by super cat featuring Biggie Smalls and Diddy, as well as Mary J. Blige and the vocals. This particular single was reached in 1993. The original verdict comes from Supercast's album, The Don Dada, which was mm-hmm. released in 1992. This particular song reached number 64 on the R&B singles charts and number 21 on both the rap and the dance charts. Again, a staple within not just the reggae community, but as well as the hip-hop community, especially with the mm-hmm. region. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. What's next, Kim? Next up, we got to talk about our girl, Sister Nancy. Oh, bum bum. Bum bum. One ding, Nancy, if you understand. One ding, Nancy, if you understand. One make them a talk about me, ambition. So one make them a talk about me, ambition. Come and say some of them ask me when we get it from. Just some of them ask me when we get it from. I told them, no, no, it's from creation. I told them, no, no, it's from creation. Bam, bam, pay is a 1982 song by our girl sister nancy the song's chorus was actually inspired by a 1960 song 
1966 song by the same name by the Maytales and the Toots. Mm. In 2016, Billboard called the song a strong contender for the title of the most sampled reggae mm-hmm. song of all time. There are a slew of about 20 different artists that have sampled this song. In 2014, Sister Nazi's daughter pointed out that the song was playing on the TV in a Reebok commercial. And she was like, wait a minute, should we be getting paid for this? So, (laughs) So for 32 years, Sister Nancy did not receive any royalties for her song. And at the end of a settlement, she was unable to receive the full compensation for 32 years, but she got 10 years and 50% of the right to her song, Bomb Bomb. That's what's up. And the funniest thing, she didn't even realize the success of the song until until she moved outside of Jamaica in 1996. Now, this song was recorded in 1982. So, exactly. Can you imagine? Had no stepping into a world, realizing the influence that you've had over a culture, not only dancehall but hip hop, and Lauren Hill even borrowed from it for her song, "A Lost Ones." Yeah, just lost. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And I was gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that a little bit, Byron. You know, hip hop is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. And if you were to put together a soundtrack for hip hop, there are a couple of songs that would kind of like stand out to me. First and foremost, The Message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Of course, what's the one before that? Jesus. That rapper's delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. It takes two by DJ Easy Rock and what's the deuce? What's the name? DJ Easy Rock. Yeah, y'all know oh, uh, Rob Bates. I know who's Rob, Rob Bates. Rob Bates, yes, yes. Sister Nancy Bomb Bomb would be, to me, a part of the reggae soundtrack, say right. the least. That's the song. Oh, yeah, definitely. You've heard it everywhere pretty much your entire life, but I'm just glad I'm just glad that Sister Nancy is finally getting her just due because this song really had a lot of influence, not just in reggae culture, but as well as pop culture as well. One of the first dance hall compilations I ever purchased with the CD compilations I ever purchased this song and no, no, no by Don Pan was on there, but they were in the mix of like hardcore dance hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I became aware of sister Nancy. And then just doing my research, I thought, Oh my gosh, this song is old, old. And here mm-hmm. you know, it's like in the nineties when I had the CD, I need yeah. to dig that CD out. That's my yeah. fact. I think I first heard it in the movie oh. Belly, if I'm not mistaken. The movie Belly with uh, the idea. Yeah, you did mention that before. Yeah. Belly yeah. had the opening a scene. banging soundtrack. Yeah. Banging soundtrack. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to the sister Nancy and congratulations mm-hmm. on your success. You know, I'm glad Still you doing got her thing. Glad you got your just do. You deserve it, sweetheart. What's next, Kim? Okay, we have another song called Bomb Bomb by Shaka Demis and Pliers. See if this sounds familiar.
So, that's not Murder, She Wrote? No, this is no. like a damn mess in pliers. Wow. That's not Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, that's the same group that did Murder, She but Wrote. But exactly. And we're going to explain same that. Yeah. Exactly. Go ahead, go ahead. Murder, She Wrote, Bomb Bomb, and Sister Nancy's Bomb Bomb are all intermingled kind of together because Sister Nancy's was just a kind of a tribute to the Maytales and Chutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaka Demons and Pliers originally started their album with Murder, She Wrote as a tribute to Maytales and Toots. But then he decided to just redo Maytales and Toots' song, Bomb Bomb. And since we're discussing that, let me just go ahead and let you hear a little bit. So let's listen to the original song from 1966, Toots and the Maytales, really quick. Bomb Bomb what a bum bum, bum bum, what a bum bum. It's a yes, cover. That, right. That one is a cover. So Sister Nancy's was like more of her rendition of that cover, mm-hmm. but this was an actual cover of this song. I love that version. I it, do too. It, to be perfectly honest, I can appreciate that version more than, than Sister Nancy. No disrespect or anything, but like I really, for like the, those 30 seconds, I really feel like I was in Jamaica. I, I saw coconut. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, for real, man. It, just, <laughs> it was just so authentic. To say the least, I mean, like I said, I saw coconuts and stuff. It was just, oh, <laughs> saw I saw coconuts. coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> but real quick, um, Bomb Bomb was performed by Plies and Chocodamus and Pliers on their Tease Me album, 1992, and All She Wrote. The song, of course, has been sampled more than 50 times, that and along with Sister Nancy's. As you said, this does sound exactly like Murder, She Wrote, but this was kind of, they did Murder, She Wrote, and when they were done, they were like, nah, I need to redo this and just do a complete cover of that song, and that's how this happened. They have the same beat, Murder, She Wrote, the same, so yeah, it's easy to get them confused, but as a matter of fact, I've heard a lot of dance hall mix shows, and they will always mix the two together and have them flow into each other, and you think it's the same song, but they're two separate songs. As a matter of fact, want to hear it? Here Here we go. go. There we go. A pretty face and bad character Then they kind of live in town Old Jaka, follow me! A pretty face and bad character Then they kind of live in town Old Jaka, say, girl, you pretty Your face is pretty, but your character dirty Girl, you just a act too Flirty, flirty, you run to Tom Dick And also hurry And when you find your mistake, you talk about your sorry Sorry, sorry, come now! Papa Cozy can and wish she jokes and wish she jam She know about the loop, black and every money man Make love with the coolie Chinese, white man and Indian the wickedest kind of girl that miss a flyers go pop and don't do your girl about this girl her name is Lexi Her beauty's like a bunch of pros 
And if I ever tell you about Maxine You would have say I don't know what I know But murder she wrote Murder she wrote Murder she wrote Na 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 Murder she Woo! Okay <laughs> I tease me was a vibe too. Um, mm-hmm. Part two, we we're gonna have to definitely do a part two. So we're gonna yeah. have to. Goodness, there were so many songs. I had like ten different songs, didn't I, guys? <laughs> yeah, mm. but nevertheless, hey, what's next, Kim? Next up, Patra, Workerman. Mm. Mm, yes. <laughs> Me want a man me can't and family Me want a man when him a work him just a sweat Work on me body like him a ready budget Tell him man a when me love, I ain't me a forget Work me body in a work it to death You a 50 minutes man, you better start dead Cause you a cry and you no get nothing yet Tell me body cause you no go regret And over a hour then you need to perfect And it's not a man if I'm gonna work a man I love me some Patra. She was the epitome vibe for me in 94, like when this song was out. But, you know, she was in the flow before. But anyway, Patra, also known as Dorothy Smith, is a Jamaican reggae dancehall singer, entrepreneur, artist, all of that good stuff. She came into her major success in 1993 when she released her debut album, Queen of the Pack. It was to number one on the reggae albums chart, and it was led by the single Think About It, if you can recall that. Um, mm-hmm. And that was at the peak of 21 in 1993. And then Workamon, which became her biggest hit, reaching number 53 on the Hot 100, the top 20 on the R&B chart, and number one on the U.S. dance chart. All right. So this was like the ushering into the era of Patra. She did go on to release another. Well, she's released several albums, but she took a long break and had a hiatus and and doing stuff. But she's still doing her thing and she sings all types of music. So we can't really we know her as the queen of the pack when it comes to dance hall. But she's a versatile artist, sings all kinds of music. What do you all have to say about Rockman? Let me ask a question. Has there ever been a female reggae artist who has had as much success as Patra has? Think about it. Well, okay, so I'm not one in the genre. I don't follow the genre that heavily to speak heavily on it. All I would say is Patra had charisma about her. Right. Or has charisma about her, which allowed her to transcend beyond uh, dance hall and reggae. And, you know, she had she had a huge following or still has a huge following here in the United States. I mean, that's an argument to have because, I mean, you got, you got Lady Saw and a host of other different females who are. You, you said Lady Saw, but I can't think of a Lady Saw song. I'm pretty sure we have one in the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we do. But I can I can give you like three or four Patrick songs. You got this one. You got Queen of the Pack. You got Romantic Car with her and uh, mm-hmm. Pull Up to the Bumper. Pull Up to the Bumper. Her, her yeah. reprise of the Grace Jones joint. You can go to her her later album, 
Robert, so we, we mentioned Chris, and I, and I wish you were still here. You'd be a part of this podcast. Mm-hmm. But he introduced <laughs> me to a song. <laughs> but he introduced me to a song in her later album called Banana. That mm-hmm. was was crazy. If you get a chance, Google that Patra, but Banana by Patra. That was a great vibe song as well. And so I'm just sitting and thinking. I'm trying to think of female reggae artists that may have had as much success. But I can't think of it. A lot of them one hit wonders. Don Pan, her, her thing was no, no, no. Marcia mm. Griffiths, Marcia Griffiths with the electric slide song. You're right. Um, yeah, one thing about Patra, she's she's more regional now with her music. I think if she got back with a major label that would push her internationally, she would be through the roof with her exposure and popularity. But when she was attached to a major label, her main success was found through like between 93 and 96. That was when it was like really like her her time, her era. And then of course she dipped back a little bit about seven years. You know, you didn't hear anything from her because she was just doing her own thing, like doing businesses and stuff like that. But it would be interesting to see. We would have to do our research to find out who, as far as female artists of reggae or dancehall, have been I the most successful. I don't, see, I don't see nobody else. I'm just that's just me talking. I that's mean, someone Martin. could say Rihanna. Yeah. Rihanna could fall under that because she when she if first she started reggae, out. If she reggae, she if started reggae. when she first when she first came out. Her album, her first album was like mostly reggae. It was like that's why I loved her because she stayed true to her, yeah, to her heritage, and then she branched out from there. And of course, she's not in that realm anymore. I mean, she might do a flavor. I think it was rumored that her next album was supposed to have been like a double album, reggae album, but that hasn't happened yet. So who's, who's to say? You know, that could be part of someone's argument that she would be considered that. But mm. nah, I, I, well, I, I, I don't really consider her. I, I she wasn't even pushed when, as a she, when she first came out. She immediately crossed over, so right, it's crossed hard. Over, yeah. It's hard to put her in that same vein. But that me. whole album was reggae. It was like it was like okay, she's. I said this is this is hot. This is like a dance hall reggae artist. But they they kind of flipped it and made it like a pop R and B styling. But check out her very first album. You'll see what I'm talking about. Is that the one with Ponder yeah. River? No, not is it Ponder River or not? Um, yeah, uh, DJ Ponder Replay. Ponder Replay, yeah. Ponder mm-hmm. Replay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that sounded more poppy to me. That yeah. It, it, but however, you know, I mean, I see where Bob is coming from, but I, I just can't see it. I just can't. I don't put her in a category either, but I mean, someone would say, well, maybe she is. The, I never consider her as a reggae artist because of how she was marketed, but the flavor that she brought when she first came out, that was straight up reggae. Right, right. All right. What's next, Kim? Mad Cobra. Till I can't wait no more X amount of loving I'd pour me a little Just to hear she knock on the door Only to touch on me now I not no more girl flicks Time to have sex Look how long you have the road Why you sweat girl flicks Time to have sex Look how long you have the road Why you push it mm. yes. I ain't heard that in a minute <laughs> I 
definitely a banger for the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Flex by Jamaican dancehall recording artist Matt Cobra. The first single from his A Studio album, Hard to Wet, Easy to Dry. It's the only song that he had to appear on the Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number 13 in 1992. It also peaked at number one on the Billboard rap chart. Guys, you know, we, I think it's safe to say that we feel like, well, well, I'm not going to say that. I, for me, the best music came out in the 90s. That's just me. How I, I still feel that way. I really well, do. I, I mean, I always say the best music came out in the 80s, but the 90s was the the 90s benefited from the 80s and took it to it. Did, it yeah. did. I mean, it's kind of like the 90s took the 80s music. It kind of like, OK, we're going to make it even better. You know what I'm saying? But however, I said that to say this particular song kind of rolled that 90s, the coattail of the 90s type mm -hmm. music, man. It was just the whole vibe, just fun, relaxing. I mean, just makes you want to dance. It's on that whole 90s flavor and this song in particular is just one of the one you just kind of close your eyes and just kind of vibe to it you can have your medicinals as him calls it or not you know you're still going to feel that same type of vibe to say the least what do you guys think it's hard to believe that this was 92 yeah but then again i do i was banging this in college so the, the, mm -hmm. the, that's that time, the time. yeah but it just it's like i said it sounds timeless it could fall in any years between that time and now because of its vibe, you know, reggae music, dancehall music, all of it kind of blends together and they may inject other elements that let you know that, hey, this is a more current song, but they all stick to the same blueprint, which adds to its longevity, I think. And shout out to In Living Color. All that keeps pop up in my head is Marlon Wayans doing his parody of Shaba Ranks. And I think he did this song. Oh, too. yeah. And, <laughs> and that's all that keeps popping up in my yeah. head. <laughs> and his crazy behind. Yeah. <laughs> I come, oh, that's, that's, that's something else. We don't have Shaba Ranks on this list, do we? I was going to include a Shaba Ranks in my list. Then I saw it was on someone else's list. But then... When I pull my songs together, I realized that these were the songs I wanted to talk about. But no, yeah. you're right. Shout out to Shava Ranks. We had, we, we, we we had like, well, how many songs? We, we had so many songs. We had to cut it down. Yeah. We, we, I just know how long my list was. We <laughs> don't worry. for five hours if we did everybody. <laughs> believe me. But don't, we're going to do another Don't worry, Shava. We got you, Shava. We got Shaba. you, Hey, guys. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to keep the train moving. What's next, Cam? Next up, we were just talking about her, Lady Saw with Sycamore Tree. Yes, 
Yes, yes, yes, yes. I had to dig into the bag and bring out something more obscure. I know, from, right? From Lady Saw, but she was well known across the whole dance hall circuit. So Lady Saw, actual name is Marin Hall, but we know her as Lady Saw. She's a Jamaican singer and songwriter whose career has spanned over two decades. She's formerly known as the quote unquote queen of dance hall. As she is the first female DJ to be certified as a triple platinum and Grammy Award winning artist. Now, Sycamore Tree can be found on her 1996-97 release, Passion. It's the album that it's on, which was released in June of 1997. And this album charted at number eight on the Billboard Top Reggae Albums chart, becoming her first album to chart. And the album spawned not only Sycamore Tree, but the single Healing. What do you all have to say about the great, 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 great Lady Saw? Actually, I barely remember this song. You really digged in the crates. Yeah, you really did, Byron. And you really, I had forgotten about this song because I've been to several reggae clubs and this is one of the songs that they played. But as I was listening to it, you know, I was listening to her voice, how her voice was just so heavy. And it kind of put me in the mindset of Tina Turner if she were to sing reggae. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah it's so, funny you should say that because you know she she was groundbreaking in this style of, of delivery they they call it like a slack performance style which is basically defined as in many ways being vulgar in the jamaican culture the behavior and the music and it sums up like the explicit sexual lyrics used in the reggae and dance hall uh overall so she was one of the ones that were in the forefront with this delivery style but you know she she's no longer singing dancehall music she converted to christianity and does like more gospel music now yeah good deal good deal much respect much respect what's next cam next up is half pint substitute lover Before I get into this thing, uh, guys, what did y'all think of this song? Have y'all heard this song before? I've heard it before. I think I have. It's been a minute. Guys, okay. Now, I say that because there's some kind of like, for me, it's just like a little bit of difference. It says one version was released in 1985, and then this version with Half Pint was released in 1987. There's not a whole lot of information on the song itself, but what I will do is I will read you the information that I do have on Half Pint. Of course, he was born in Jamaica, to say the least. He originates from West Kingston, the enclave of Rose Lane, a community which produced reggae acts such as Bob Marley, Dennis Brown, Peter Tosh, Lee Scratch Perry, and Toots Hibbert, some heavy hitters right there. He says he began singing in the school choir at All Saints Primary School after the completion of his secondary education. 
1976, he sought work as a vocalist with the Jamaican music industry. He toured the island with various sound systems, including Black Scorpio, Jammies, Gemini Leaves, Unlimited, and Kilimanjaro. I just like the daggum song. Mm-hmm. Say the, <laughs> I mean, it gives you a real a Jamaican vibe. And I remember hearing this, and, and this is during my heydays in the Navy, which is probably the best days of my life because I got a chance to to meet such great people from different walks of life. And 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 some of those people just so happened to be from Jamaica and they had Jamaican roots. And they introduced me to the song. And when I heard it, man, I was just like engulfed in the sound of it, in the, in the groove of it, in the vocals of Half Pint. And I just loved it. Yeah, he's cut from the same fabric that produced Barb Marley and Dennis Brown, those wow. those people. So he truly stays in the vein of reggae. Yeah. Yeah. So the Bob Marley type of reggae dance hall and like some of the, the raga. Art, raga, they are are under the same umbrella. They just have like just different beats or just just what do you think? Yeah, the ragamuffin music, the dance hall music, to me, it goes hand in hand. You know, ragamuffin's more uh, electronic and for the dance hall. I forgot about ragamuffin music. Yeah, Go ahead. The, uh, dance hall has a little bit more organic sound to it. Uh, ragamuffin, you can just say it's similar to like the hip hop side of, uh, you can just say that it's more of a hip hop side of dance hall or reggae. Dance hall kind of straddles because you can have like the people singing as well as, you know, them delivering bars. All right, Absolutely. cool. We're gonna yeah. educate you on this too. <laughs> okay. All right. What's next, Kim? All right, one of my favorites, Mr. Vegas, Head High. Oh yeah. Kill them with the heads high, kill them with the no. Just make a boy know you're not blow. Heads high, kill them with the no. No boy ain't got no secret for your woe. Heads high, kill them with the no. Just make a boy know you're not blow. Heads high, kill them with the no. Tell them Sevilla says so. Me why you skin your teeth and make me see it. If you're sure from your phone, say you never tweet. You wanna freak, one man you keep. And him never yet complain, say you deep. You make your bow, you no answer to yo. When a one man assembly, a chow chow. Need up your bro, make a guy know. Say him be moving, blow out. And sing again, heads high. Kill them with the no. Just make a boy know you're not blow. Mm. Ooh, you know, yeah. uh, in 1998, Clifford Smith, better known as Mr. Vegas, released his debut album, Heads High, which hit number five on the U.S. reggae chart. Vegas won a MOBO, which is a Music of Black Origin, or the U.K.'s version of the BET Awards, for the best reggae artist for the Heads High album. And he reached number 69 on the U.S. R&B charts. Hmm. Yes, no, yes. Mr. Vegas is a important, important a part of the reggae culture, to say the least. You know, his voice is very distinct. He's had a couple of bangers. This is not his only one that he's had. I think he had another one. I can't remember the name of it. But you want to see something funny? <laughs> Go to YouTube and check out the debate between he and Pastor Gino Jennings. Really? That's all, yeah. That's all I'll say to some that's all I'll say about that. That was something very, very interesting to say the least. But uh anyway, on the musical side, Vegas is the man. Vegas is his his voice is, is uncomparable. And I like I said, I remember hearing this song on I think it was was it on Belly? The Belly soundtrack as well? Was that song? 
it might have been. They had a lot of good stuff on there. They they really did. I have did. But, uh, I, have I, a, I, I have another question though. Mm-hmm. Afro beats is that considered a type of reggae? No, no, okay. no. That's out of Africa. That's a difference. Yeah, it's a different sound. They go hand in hand. I think they're related because it does have a kind that kind of sound like. The syncopated beat, beat. like the the beat is a little syncopated, but it's a whole different vibe. I don't even think of reggae when I hear Afro beat. Yeah. But I will say this and big shout out to Sean Paul. I don't think we feature Sean Paul on here. That's why we got to do another show because Sean Paul was very polarizing and brought a different vision to the dance hall scene Mm -hmm. with how he presented it. And there was a drive behind him. I don't know if it's because he was light skinned or what. I don't know what it was. (laughs) (laughs) You better say it. You better say it. Anyway, girl. (laughs) But he put out some like his videos and it had a different look. He presented it like a hip hop video. So it had a different flow and he, he began to get featured along the same time as Mr. Bay. Dirty huh? Rocket, probably like every song in the album Dirty Rock of Sean Paul was like a hit at some point, just mm-hmm. about. I know they had at least six or seven. Give me the light. Um, Genius I'm, marketing behind that project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Eight, Vegas eight, fell in with that same type of push, yeah. that same yeah. run that time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we, we definitely got to do a part two of Reggae. Like, We're going to have to. Like, probably. really? So- I think September. Let's try it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's next, Cam? Friday, life is what you make it. Again, I must have a whole list of all these songs. Man, I'm gonna did have a party. Hear, did y'all hear the, the horn? I heard. I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to have a party in my backyard. Y'all invited. We're gonna mm. play all this mm. and have you know, some nice heard- little drinks and a little barbecue. Yeah. When I heard this, I automatically thought about Byron. This is Byron's type of uh, electricity. This is his type of vibe. That's just me. It's just, it's an electric song. I love it. It makes you just want to get up and do the butterfly. I guess, is that the name of it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was called, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, too funny. My knees may give out a little bit while trying to do it. But Not I the knees. Well. <laughs> my, my knee might might give out. I might fall on the floor. Yeah. But I'll just lay there and still be grinding. <laughs> <laughs> well, life is what you make of it or make it. That's a song by Friday and Colonel Mike, and it was released in 1988 originally, and it has been remixed and repushed out since then. There's not really much information on Friday, believe it or not. Colonel Mike, I mean, they have a huge discography of, of, of music, but there's not a lot of background information. So I wish I could flow a lot more on the origins of Friday and Colonel Mike, but all I can say is they fuse both the whole ragamuffin and reggae flow in their music. That's one thing that stands out about their artistry. What do you all have to say about that? Man, again, 
I didn't realize that Friday is the one who sang this song, but this just takes me back to my days in Newark and some of the house parties we used to go to. Oh my goodness. Takes me back. I just love the song, point blank, period. And it's just, just funny how we're talking about ragamuffin music and it's got, it's got, it's, it's talking about ragamuffin in the, in the song. I just love it. So go ahead, Byron. Hey, you guys. So, Kim, you brought up a good point with what you said. Have you guys heard Janelle Monet album? Yes. Yes. The newest one we tell me with the... Yes. Love Age of Pleasure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I my gosh. It. When I hear this song, I think immediately of her album, Age of Pleasure, that whole vibe of how that album flows. If you haven't heard it, Marcus, it's all reggae, pretty much. It's like a island vibe flavor like i said i, I love lipstick lover man i mean I, I be... <laughs> and I, hey. I don't want people yeah. to be put off by her being a little bit freer this is part of her transition i as love an artist. that part of it. i love that I, part exactly of it. yeah <laughs> yeah it's part of your transition as a artist think about prince you know how, how many times he changed his mm-hmm. his whole way of doing things this is part of that transition the android has evolved mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know mm-hmm. what since we're talking about janelle Monet, i would i would just say that album it's very short it's only 30 minutes long but she's got like 10 11 songs on the, all of the songs are very short but that goes to show that a powerful artist doesn't have to pile a lot into a project you can just extend her songs because mm-hmm. she, she just that's what she needs to say in each song moves on to the next vibe but I need more of Janelle Monae. I need more artists like that Me with too. that type of ethic. Right. I know. That shows that even though we do talk about artists nowadays that aren't putting out the best work, Janelle Monae is still doing her damn thing. Yeah. Still love her. Still love her. Yes. What's next, Kim? Next up is Buju Banton, Till I'm Laid to Rest. Alright. <laughs> All I can say is, when I think of dance hall, I think of Buju. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the first that comes to mind. Till Shiloh is probably one of the best reggae albums of all time. Like, every song on there is a vibe. I'm like, when I say every song, I mean like every song. And I say that because, like I said, I'm so thankful for the experiences that I had in the Navy and meet different people because they, they introduced me to this song. And just something about this song, something about this song wanted me to listen to more of his stuff. And guy introduced me to Till Shiloh. And I've had like three or four different CDs over the years. You know, <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. I have it. And then somebody might take it. I don't know what happened to him. But I've had like three or four copies of this uh, album. It is an absolute 
masterpiece, man. Buju, if you like reggae music, man, you got to get to Shiloh. This is just one of the uh, <laughs> this is one of the the bangers on that particular app. What did you guys think of this one? Loved it. You could feel it in your chest. I mean, yeah. And hearing his his talk about his roots in Africa. That's why. Another reason, going back to Afrobeats, that they're all mm-hmm. interconnected because it all comes from the motherland originally. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Buju stays true to it and brings it hardcore. You know, yeah. he's always been like just straight no chaser with that. That's what I, I appreciate. <laughs> I can't talk today, I swear. That's why <laughs> I, I, I appreciate Artists like Buju Bantan, Janelle Monet, the list goes on. Those type of people who kind of stay true to their artistry and their vein, and they just keep it consistent. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Guys, again, I, I'll repeat it again. If you like reggae music, go ahead and find Buju Bantan's Till Shallow. Mm-hmm. Just press play and just enjoy. I mean, it is a absolute gem, to say the least. What's next, Kim? We're on to our last song, y'all. Already? Already? Yeah, we did it. We did All it. Of yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was everything. All right. What, wow. what is it? The last song is one of mine, Beanie Man. Who am I? Ooh. Simsima, who got the keys to my bimma? Who am I? The girls them sugar. How can I make love to a fella in a rush? Pass me the keys to my trucks. Who am I? The girls them lock. And I and I, we make love to precious stuff. You a bubble car get red deep like a bucket. Drop it, your nigga, yeah, your nigga, can't stitch it. Drop it, your oxen like a cow, you wanna chop it. Drop it, your pickaxe like a gun, you wanna dig it. It's like a riverside up on the bank, and you take it. It's like a bicycle, so you hold it and dash it. So you watch it, so you crash it, she a tell you, say you crab it. Girl, she a beg you wanna ball, check it, stop it. Batman plug in, and me a move like a electric. It's like a basketball, she take time out, she vomit. We listen to me, silent, we listen to me, lyrics. I've been in my and they are me a drop it. I said, Sim Sima, who got the keys to my bima? Who am I? The girls them sugar. Yes, indeed. I'm telling her, nobody has to ever love me. You are my turning star on Let's go ahead. Go ahead, boy. I hear you. I hear you. You better flow. You better flow. <laughs> who am I, Sim Sima, or simply who am I is... Released by dancehall artist Beatty Man in 1998, it is the second track on his album Many Moods of Moses, released in 1997. The song reached number 10 in the UK singles chart and was his first top 40 hit in the UK. On the US Billboard charts, the song reached number 6 on their Hot Rap singles chart and on the Hot R&B singles chart, the song reached number 15. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I, we talked about Sean Paul earlier, but truth be told, like who was bigger than Beanie Man in the late nineties and early two thousands? Who was bigger mm-hmm. than Beanie Man? Yeah, laid that foundation for that, yeah. that image for Sean Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that whole he marketing did. image with the charisma and all of that that Sean Paul was able to capitalize on. I think, I think, because I mean, I, Beanie I Man's Beanie Man's catalog goes way back. It's super extensive. You know, we yeah. talking what? Gosh. What year are we talking? Uh, like, like 1990, uh, 83 when he first came out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of those reggae artists 
like that had that big push in the, the 90s and the 2000s, they had already been in the game, what, 15, probably 10, 15 plus years already. Mm-hmm. And they're now just uh, starting to get, you know, the recognition they deserve. So, I mean, man, but BB Man, he was, he was, a, he was at the forefront as far as like, you know, uh, mainstream reggae artists. You know, he was that guy, to say the yeah. least. Yeah. Absolutely. Still is. Still is. Mm-hmm. Still is. You know, he's like, Kim, uh, Kim, you're, I think you're and Beanie Man are the same age. He's like <laughs> around, right around our age. You know, I think I might be uh, slightly older than Beanie Man, but right, he started saying, when he was he 10 was years old. In- I was about to say, if he started yeah. in 83, how he was old 10. was he? He was 10 but, you know, old. I did see something where he was little and he was doing yeah. doing reggae back then. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then there was a long period. I guess he was developing himself. But then he came out in, like, 92 with Cool Cool Rider. And mm-hmm. then it's been on and popping ever since. Consistently. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, guys, again, we come to the end of another episode as we pay tribute to our favorite reggae songs. And again, this was just our first of several, probably, in the immediate future. We had so much fun. What do you guys think? This was a great episode. It just took me back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm in a great mood. You know, you we deal with stuff that we have to deal with. But you know what? I'm going to have to incorporate more dance on reggae into my listenership on a daily basis or a weekly basis, at least. I know radio stations used to play dance hall music on Sundays. They still do. They still do? Okay. Uh-huh. But we're going to be playing on Saturday, probably next Saturday, 1 o'clock. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Better believe it. Hey, guys, before we get out of here, make sure you listen to the We've Got the Good Good Experience everywhere that you listen to your podcast. We're on iHeart, we're on Spotify, we're on Google, Apple, Podomatic, and anywhere that you listen to your podcast, we are there. You can find us. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well as Instagram. We've got the Good Good Experience. Uh, we got a lot of great information for you guys to check out some old school videos. And um, we're doing our doggone thing. We have so much fun doing this. It's a labor of love to be able to sit down and do what we love and present it to you guys. So again, keep supporting us. We thank you so much. Again, thank you to Jami Taylor for sharing your story with us. Now go get that book as well. It's called Her Crown of Glory. The book is available on Amazon and Google, wherever you buy your books. Go go buy that, cop that, support the movement. And thank you for being our guest, Jami. Any last words, guys? Be good, 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 good family. Yes, and just take the world and your experience by the helm and just make it what you want it to be. Have a great week. Until next time, guys. Peace. Good, good.